0: into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started priska is the co-founder at techface which is solving the female talent gap in switzerland in the interview priska shares her journey from corporate life to entrepreneurship she highlights the pivotal moments when she decided to break free from corporate constraints and follow her own path. Her advice to aspiring female entrepreneurs and leaders is to stay true to themselves, embrace authenticity, and not compare their journey with others. She emphasizes that being different and standing out in a male-dominated tech environment is a strength, not a weakness. Hi Priska, welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi Siwet, thanks a lot for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a bit about yourself and what is it that you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So yeah, my name is Priska. I'm the co-founder of TechFace, a company here in Switzerland, and we're focusing on increasing the diversity in the tech industry, specifically for Switzerland, but of course that applies worldwide to all countries. Myself, I am from the tech industry. I used to be an application engineer and I was working in the finance area for a very long time on all kinds of different key projects and
0: I have now my own company for more than seven years. Hmm. Can you take us a bit more into your backstory, right? How did you move from tech to being passionate about like what you're doing today and also entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was working for almost 15 years in the finance industry. And at one point I realized that's not really the way I want to work. I was mainly in the corporate world. And then I had the luxury of taking twice in my life, some time off a year to go traveling. And every time I came back from traveling, I changed my my career or my direction. So the second time I did this, I came back to Switzerland and I realized that I want to do something on my own, because it was always for me, like working in a corporate, it meant that I have to do what the corporate wants me to do, what, what my bosses want me to do. And I, it was a limitation of freedom on decision on what I want to work on, what, where mm. I feel more passionate about. So that was um, the idea. But of course, I had to first make money because I had some time off and um, my account was empty. So I started working and in my last job, I basically went there and said, look, I, I'm happy to work here for a while. I just want to be clear about it. I'm going to start my own business at one point. I have no intention of, of building up my a huge career now, which was perfectly fine for the corporate company. I knew it was my ex-boss bringing me back. So that was perfectly fine. And then, yeah, so after about, I think it was yeah, about three and a half years in, it was the time for me to say, okay, I've got an idea now and I want to try this idea. So I handed in my resignation and started my own company, which was called Skills Finder at that time. And then, so we, we started, I had a friend on board as well, who helped me a bit. And at the same time, when I started my company and maybe I need to explain a little bit, the idea, the original idea we had was to build up a platform, helping freelancer consultants finding projects in the tech industry and also companies finding um, freelancer project um, managers specifically on, on skills and expertise through this platform. So that was the, the, the first basic idea we had, we kicked it off. And at the same time, I also um, met with Stephanie and you did, and also the podcast with Stephanie Borke, so um, anyone should listen to that one as well. And we met at the conference in Switzerland that was focusing on female entrepreneurs. And we got into talking and realized we have a little bit of a similar background story and both experience being in the tech industry, often the only woman, um, having a hard time. And she asked me if I would be interested to build up Girls in Tech Switzerland, which is a global nonprofit organization. And she knew it from the UK when she came back from to Switzerland. And so I thought that could be a good opportunity for me to just give back what I experienced being a woman in the tech industry, but also connecting with other women in the, in Switzerland, in the tech industry and so she, well, We kicked this off 2017, I think it was, yes. And so she was mainly based in the Western part of Switzerland. I'm more in the northeastern part. And we build up a team, we build up the community. We started by doing all kinds of events on different topics, mainly focusing on the tech industry and soon realized actually there is a big need for doing more than just events because we met so many amazing women here in Switzerland working in the tech industry or even interested moving into this industry, but struggling to find their ways of building up a a career for themselves in this area. And at the same time, something that hasn't unfortunately changed much since then is also the companies are looking for talents and specifically diverse talents for their tech teams. And so we felt there is a gap between these two um, parts and there is nothing really happening supporting to close this gap here in Switzerland. So we decided to found TechFace, which has the goal really to close the gap between female tech talents and companies who are committed to increase diversity and inclusion in their tech teams. And yeah, so we're doing this since 2018. And yeah, it was, for me, it's basically, it was the logical next step after building up a female tech community. In Switzerland, we have, in the meantime, we have over 20 communities in this space and we work very closely with them. So we got to know them through our work with Girls in Tech. And we also heard from them that they have similar issues with their members or heard of similar issues with the members. And um, so this is why we then said, okay, that's a a good um, starting time. And it's also a good opportunity for us to evolve further. And mm. yeah, so we also decided that the idea of the platform, which I mentioned in the beginning with Finder, that there is much more opportunity for us with this platform if we not working with freelancers and consultants, but rather with female tech talents and yeah. helping them to connect with companies
0: through the platform. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And before, before we talk about TechFace, I want to go a little bit earlier when you shared, right? After 15 years you realize that was not the place for you, right? Or that's not something which excited you. So uh, I have two questions, right? One is what led to that realization, especially after 15 years. And at the same time, a lot of people know in the corporate world that this is not something which will make them happy. But still changing something or starting from scratch is very difficult. So a lot of people stay stuck or stay where they are, especially if it has been like decades or 15 years. So what led you to realize that? And what gave you the strength or the courage to actually then shift? Mm -hmm.
1: What made me realize, I think it's the experience, it's the age. I would not want to miss what I've done in the past. Like I never regretted any of my decisions, also working for such a long time in the corporate space, but just... Everything like things were changing in my life as well. I realized there is more to work than just going to the office from nine to five, from Monday to Friday and, and spend mm-hmm. my weekends with the money I earned. So I was more looking for something that gives me more pleasure and purpose in my daily work where I feel more connected. And I think that also came from when I went traveling, like every. I already knew before when I went traveling, I had a little bit of an idea of, yeah, I want to do something on my own, but mm. it got enforced. And even during my travel times, just to experience those free, the freedom I had during this time to decide every day what I want to do, if I want to go further into a country, if I want to stay in a place. and And this kind of freedom is what I was missing. It takes courage, yes, to do this step. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot of changes on security. Yeah, you're not sure what's going to happen. I think what's important is be sure that you have some kind of a safety net through your friends, through your family as well, but also financially. So don't go into it with no money because it's going to be tough in the beginning. You have to be aware of what kind of financial resources you need during this time, how much you will need. You need, of course, reduce um, your spending drastically but be aware of what's important for you to do this and the other thing is I remember when I started I had almost no network outside of my industry or especially out of the corporate world so my my whole network was within the industry and there was a hard learning that network is the key to build your own company as well to build up your brand yeah so that you need to spend a lot of time on building up mm-hmm. this network and I guess what I would do differently if I would go back is, or what I recommend everyone is don't try to do what I did, So as change from one day to another, say, okay, tomorrow I start my own business. Try to find a way to start slowly, keep your corporate job, make sure that you get this income, but try to find out what can you do outside of your corporate world to build up your network so that your start as an entrepreneur is a
0: bit easier as well. Yeah. And what has been the hardest part on that journey? I think the hardest is always being
1: alone. Unless you have co-founders, strong co-founders, unless you have people where you agree at the beginning, let's do something together. You always have someone you can talk to, but if you decide to do something on your own, be aware you will be alone on the way. So there's like this... This peer where you exchange in the corporate world, so you always have leaders, you always have colleagues, you always have other people from different de- departments. You can reach out and, and mm-hmm. share your concerns or your ideas. But when you're starting off, you there is a lot of cases where you have to make the decision on your own. You choose or mm-hmm. you leave because you want to do this decision. But sometimes it's also a bit hard when you're not sure, do I really make the right decision here or not? that you sometimes missing those people to talk to so mm-hmm. that, which goes back to what i said in the beginning make sure you have a network that helps you through this time as well even if they can't take off the burden of making decisions mm-hmm. but being there for you when you have to do the decision and and cheering you on
0: yeah and can you share how have you like learned to tackle that now uh, like how have you maybe supported that or complemented that in some way
1: yeah, I when I feel I reach out to people, I, I feel they're close um, to me that they can support me. I also reach out to my network because in the meantime, I have built up a network, and I know there are people in this network that are willing to help to support each other. So mm-hmm. I do this, but I also acknowledge that sometimes the decision I need to just take on my own and. Mm. I take the time to make the decision. I'm not going to rush into the decision. I might take more time thinking through and then do the the steps I decide for myself to do. Mm. But I think you're never going to lose that feeling of being alone and embrace it. It's okay. (laughs) I think that's the one thing to take away is also not feeling stressed about this feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a key part of uh, entrepreneurship or leadership is choosing a direction. For yourself, for your life. Uh, And then just to being proud of that because it's a courageous step and not to be disempowered uh, because it, yes, it can obviously create loneliness uh, because you're standing out. Uh, But I think that's something to be proud of. Uh, And then also seeking support, as you said, when you can do so. Yeah. Yeah. So coming now to the present moment, can you share a bit more about your vision and what big challenges that you see going forward? Oh,
1: many challenges. (laughs) Yes, I think for me, the, the vision is really being able to build an environment that allows everyone to feel part of it, specifically in the tech industry. But of course, that doesn't limit it to the tech industry. But given tech industry is such a large industry, it will affect also in the other industry as well if we are able to build such an environment. And yeah, so for me, it's really the vision on the one hand side that I can work with companies, helping them to be more inclusive, which then also leads to the fact that people working in this industry will feel more included and being able to bring in themselves, creating new ideas, innovative ideas, new products that will help the whole society to thrive and and live a good life at the end of the day. So that's a bit of a big vision. Mm. With Techspace, the vision is really building up on what we have done so far. And we're changing a lot as well. Looking back when we started, we were focusing more on supporting candidates, offering coaching, offering them help and moving more now to the company side because we feel the need there or the effect as well there is much bigger uh, when we work with companies. So. My vision is really building up on what we have already. Also, as a brand, we are well known in the Swiss, and especially in the German part, as an organization that brings in diversity that can help to bring in diversity and leverage this branding to maybe even create more initiatives and stand out. That's the, the vision I have. And I think, what was the second question? Sorry. <laughs> I think there was a yeah, second maybe question.
0: Some of the biggest dangers or challenges which uh, are uh, Yeah,
1: the challenges. Yeah, I think for me, it's always the challenge is myself that I feel like I'm not moving fast enough. I feel like I put in a lot of work, but I feel like I must see much more coming out of it than I do right now. So that's more a challenge for myself as well. But mm-hmm. I also see... That a lot of companies in in Switzerland, they're not yet ready to change. They are aware. I think the one big thing that differentiates to what happened or what has been the five, six years ago when we started is companies are much more aware of the status quo and that needs to be changed, that they need to have more diversity in their tech teams, because it of course means more innovation. It means Mm. more revenue. It means better employer branding. It means attracting more talents, better talents. And, but they're still struggling with really um, acknowledging that they need to change first. It's not about hiring more um, talent acquisition people or recruiters. It's not about changing your job description from 100% to 80 to 100%. That That's all little tasks you can do easily. But the biggest change is really... How does a company understand that they need to build a culture that is um, inclusive and diverse and and also welcoming everyone and being able to let them part of the company as well?
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And on the first thing that you mentioned, I think that's uh, quite reflective because you're not saying that you're not making progress. You're saying that you're thinking or feeling that you're not making progress even when you were actually doing so. And uh, I think that's true for very, like a lot of uh, leaders or high performers, that they have very high standards, which allow them to be successful. But uh, the internal experience is not so powerful because then they always see themselves falling short of their own standards, Mm -hmm. right? So can you share a bit more of, uh, like, how have you become aware of that uh, tendency and how do you deal or overcome or navigate that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I see that in myself as well. You're always expecting too much of you. And especially if you come from the finance area, that is this kind of environment. You always push to, be, to do more and to be more. And unfortunately, what you can see, it also leads to a very negative impact that people do things illegally that leads then to like very bad impact on companies as well. So I think that something, the expectation from your environment that, that it's put on people. I think I become aware of it like when I'm, as I said before, you're more alone when you're an entrepreneur and you might mm. maybe have more time to think through things yourself without having this peer to discuss your um, thoughts and this drives you then into this thinking of, oh, I'm not doing enough and there is no much change. And what really helps is then go out and, and talk to people. And what helps me a lot is remember those people I was able to touch with what I do. And I just had, we had the We Tech Together conference again on the weekend and I had one person coming up to me and she said to me like... Oh, thanks a lot for the talk we had a while back. It was actually because of you that I did step XYZ and now I'm in the place where I'm really happy. And I think sometimes you feel that's just a little thing. It's one of how many people, but then I start to remind myself, you touched one of of, of that many people and it will have a ripple effect. This person might touch more people as well and being able to influence and inspire other people. So I think. I always try to bring me back down to earth by saying, there is, you do something, mm-hmm. there is something happening. And remam- remember myself of these people who tell me that they were able to do certain progress because of our discussions or because of
0: anything I did through tech phase. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think we, like the high-performer leaders, have a habit of beating ourselves down. And uh, what you're sharing is maybe a simple uh, practice of gratitude, like not just, mm-hmm. uh, but actually looking at, back at your day And also seeing who might have touched or what is it that I have accomplished rather than what is one thing that is uh, missing on my list and not be bothered by that. So thank you for opening up and thank you for sharing uh, that. So what important truth do very few people agree with you on?
1: Uh, I think sometimes what I feel people do not agree on is when I can sometimes take decision, which are a bit drastic but it it's very much aligned to what i stand for and what is important for me and i just feel i even if those decisions are drastic i just feel i don't want to bend for everything and everyone because i want to stick to my principles i want to stand behind my decisions i do i, mm-hmm. I want to be able to look at me in the mirror in the morning and say yeah i did the right thing yeah. and i don't think we all need to do the same thing or we need to please everyone. We won't be able to Mm. please everyone in this world. And it just makes you more authentic if you say, these are my principles, this is the route I want to go down and I stick to it. And it's okay if not everyone agrees with me, but as long as I don't hurt anyone or have a a negative impact on anyone with my
0: decision, Mm. I think
1: you should stick to what you um, decided to do.
0: Yeah. And as a CEO, as somebody who leads a team, can you share how does that play out in terms of relationships or keeping your team aligned and energetic? And you're, I think you're very right that if you don't stand up for what you believe in, then mm-hmm. it kinds of eats you up from the inside. So that's not mm-hmm. healthy. And then standing up is very important. But at the same time, when you work in teams, there are people with different kinds of backgrounds, different kinds of beliefs or different ways of working with each other. So how do you navigate that, people, Diana?
1: Oh, very difficult. Well, I don't have such a big team. So I think for me, it's very important that everybody is aware of what I stand for or what mm. I, and the, also as a company, what I want to stand for. And that we act within this, this vision or this agreement. That's for me the most important part that everybody can say, okay, I understand what you want, what you want to achieve. I can agree to it, I can stand behind it, and I will act within this thought as well or this vision as well. And for me, at the end of the day, I don't mind how people work as long as we follow the same why and as long as we are agreeing on what we want to achieve together. And then it's a matter of talking to each other as well. So like what makes sense to work together on what maybe makes sense that we say we don't work as a team because it makes more sense that each works on their own. Where do we have overlap? Because I don't believe that a team is made by everybody knows everything about anything we do all the time. That's for me not the, the goal of the team. The goal is Even if I work on my own, I know exactly what I'm working towards to and and what are my, what is my purpose at the end of the day in this setup of a team and I can contribute to the team with my skills, expertise, I can bring in added value. I think the most important part is to make a team aware of this and which gives them freedom as well in, but they should use the freedom. Also, to work towards a common goal and, and having this basis of the common goal, and the empower and giving them an, and their empowerment to work with their own skills and expertise in this um, field where they're working in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think what I'm taking away from that is explicitly talking about what do I stand stand yeah. for, because we hear this purpose becoming a buzzword now, almost that it's like on the posters on the wall. But when we talk to people, we talk about politics, we talk about tasks to do. We talks about dislikes and dislikes, but we don't talk about what do we stand for. And I think that's a that's a very deeper conversation, which is so easy to bypass. Okay. And it also takes courage to say that, right? Because then you have to live up to that. You have to, okay. uh, like, you have to hold yourself accountable for that. And, and I think that's what I'm taking away, that being deliberate and actually talking about that also gives others permission to okay. do the same and not to just flow, in a sea of like where we are not even talking about the real stuff and we're getting lost in disagreements or conflict. Mm-hmm, so thank you for um, sharing that. So you shared like now you have been doing what you love to do, what you want to see in the world. What else do you do that that lights you up?
1: Oh, I think besides work, what I love to do is, is like going out into the nature. So I'm a very mountain focused person, I would say winter as well as summer. Just recently someone called me a mountain goat but she had to correct it and said it's a mountain gazelle because goat sounds so bad <laughs> but now i think this is what i need as well being able to perform in my job is i need this how you say this balance of being like full on with with work but also having the time to relax to take my mind off things see different perspective and i always feel it's very meditative to walk up a mountain, to hike up a mountain, because you get lost in your thoughts, but it, in a good way. And then you reach the top and it feels like deliberation. It's okay. I, I had this time. I'm thinking things through. I'm on the top now. I see clear. I have this taking me myself out again and, and having the big picture, even if it's just a beautiful landscape and not my business. But <laughs> and it gives me lots and lots of energy. Then I'm coming back. The next day, start working again with this positive energy from being out in the nature.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that, especially how it helps you do your job better. It's a wonderful metaphor, like climbing a mountain to see to see the big picture and to mm-hmm. even get your mind out of the usual. Because if you're climbing a mountain, you have to be very focused on what is in front of you, even though you might have a, like a journey ahead or a summit that you are like really aiming for, but you cannot like really miss the moment. And I think that's, there's so much to, and and you're also moving your body, right? So that's also very important to feel that energy now when you're back at work. So thank you for connecting these two parts of who you are, right? So before we end, any advice, what would you say to, to female entrepreneurs or female leaders or even women in tech who are either struggling with uh, a, a difficult culture or a difficult, or they know that they have something which is their dream, which is their passion, but they just can't uh, get to take action on that. a
1: lot of things I could say, but I think one thing I experience a lot and I think it's very important is being authentic. So knowing who you are, what you want is much more important than try, as you said, maybe not going out there and trying to reach it. And with being authentic, I also believe you shouldn't compare yourself with anyone else especially if you're a woman in tech and you work in a male-dominated environment where there is typical behavior is present every day. I believe it's okay to be different and and not Mm. follow this behavior. And I hear lots of stories like from people who feel like, oh, I need to dress differently or I need to write my emails differently. And that's just not the way diversity works and inclusion at the end of the day. And I think it's very important that you should stick to it. And the longer you do it, the less people Mm. will see it as something different. They're getting used to it and they know this is how you are. This is your true authentic self. So they can start accepting it. But if you try to be someone else, you're never going to reach the acceptance you want to have in the environment you are. So I think that's a very important advice. And and as I said, also don't try to compare yourself with anyone else. Nobody has the same path as you. And some might be, you feel they're better, they reached more than you and it's perfectly fine. You never know what's the story behind what their struggle was and just cheer, cheer them and, and applaud them for having reached that and mm. take out what they have done for yourself to find your own
0: path as well. But don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for um, adding that bit about authenticity. And I I think what you are also sharing and I want to bring it out is that being authentic is also about being real and uh, acknowledging when you are not feeling good or when you feel lost or when you feel like I don't know and not to get caught up in that you have to be strong or I should be uh, knowledgeable or I should know how to handle this. Uh, And sometimes the things we do not appear as strength are actually strength, right? So saying that I am weak or I'm feeling weak or I'm feeling alone can be a huge act of courage or strength. And that allows also others to help us When while actually just uh, trying to be strong can actually make us feel very alone, right? So Mm -hmm. I think being authentic also means simply being real and really expressing what, what we are feeling. And that then allows us to stand up also, I think, to another thing which you said. You can stand up by hiding something or by not acknowledging something, but you can also stand up much more holistically by acknowledging that I don't have all the answers, but mm-hmm. I get, and yet I stand for that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for adding that bit about authenticity. I think that's again a buzzword, but I think there is so many nuances to that that I wanted to bring out.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. So before we, and anybody who is listening, who might want to reach out to you or find out more about what you do or contribute, what is the best way for them to do?
1: So- oh, best way is always through LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so you can follow me there to see what's happening. You can follow TechFace as well to see what we're doing with TechFace. And then also connect with me on LinkedIn, send me messages. That's usually
0: the best way. Thank you. Thank you, Priska, for sharing uh, your story, for opening up so so openly. And uh, as we end, I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast, and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride, and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, Can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of, To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.